The Trinity Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant good and energy of divine spirit. Please enjoy the latest podcast from the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living. Today, um, the title of our lesson is Creating the Love That You Want. And this is our second lesson in our four-part series on creating the health, the love, the abundance, and the oneness you want, all based on the book of essays by Dr. Raymond Charles Barker, Create the Life You Want, Attracting Health, Wealth, Happiness, and Peace of Mind. <laughs> now, I know we might disappoint a few with our opening statement on creating the love that you want, but here it is. In an attempt to demonstrate love, the reality is individuals set themselves up for repeated failure and multidimensional frustration because they pursue love as a product or vendable to be had rather than a vibration of energy to be expressed and lived. In other words, their feeling, thought, conditioned behavior, and core race consciousness belief is rooted in the false idea that love is not demonstrated until someone, well, to paraphrase Beyonce, has put a ring on it. <laughs> now, this core consciousness, this core race consciousness belief, we're off to a good roll quoting Queen Bee this morning, I can tell. This core race consciousness belief establishes the causation for repeated failures and frustrations because in seeking love, individuals establish an energy, a thought, or intention of separation. That love is something that they are not as opposed to something they are. And they are saying to the universe that love is elusive out of reach, hard to find, something out there that I must acquire. And the spiritual truth is love, unconditional, limitless love, is all they are. The intent of every soul that comes to this journey is to live this life as the love that they are, not to find the love of their life. In The Science of Mind, Dr. Holmes wrote, God is love and love is God. And God is all that you are. Love is the creative force of universal presence, and it ignites the passion of spirit to express and manifest its unlimited possibility and grace through, throughout our multidimensional spiritual journey. Now, we know and accept in this teaching that you are and I am an, an individual expression of the energy of presence, transcending as physical form and function. So since we know and accept this truth about who and what we are, we also want to know and accept the truth that you are an individualized expression of the energy of love transcending as physical function 
and form. When an individual knows and accepts this truth, practices this truth in alignment with spiritual principle, they reap the benefits of the, of the endless possibilities of good that the vibra vibration of love will draw to their experience. I want you to take a look at your affirmation card this week. It is another quote from Dr. Barker's, How to Create the Life That You Want. And the card reads, in each of us, God planted greatness. In each of us, God planted greatness. For in the image and likeness of God you are made. Mind expects you to demonstrate your good. In the long run of eternity, it demands that you do it. God expects the highest and best of each of its creations. In you is the greatness of source. It lives through you in a consistent expectation that you demonstrate your highest and best good within every avenue of your journey, including your love life. If your desire is the love of your life, a spouse, a companion, the yin to your yang, the universe equally desires that, that for you and expects you to fulfill it. It's supporting you in that process. It is not putting obstacles in your way. It only asks that you bring your energy into alignment with the love that it is and that you are. As you focus your consciousness on evolving the energy of love that you are, you awaken the endless possibilities the energy of love draws into your journey. The soul's goal is not to seek love. It's not. It's to be love. And in being love to yourself, to everyone, to everything, you establish an irresistible resonating energy and all good effortlessly resonates with and flows to your journey. So you can get rid of that Axe body spray. The only ones chuckle are the ones wearing it. Ain't it just saying? <laughs> Esther Hicks said, just saying. Esther Hicks said, that which I give thought to and that which I believe or expect is. That which I give thought to and that which I believe or expect is. Give thought, silent and audible, and passionate belief and expectation that you are the activity of love and constant expression and evolution. Affirm for yourself. Don't listen to me. Affirm for yourself. I am the individualization of the activity of the energy of love, attracting the highest and best opportunities to give, receive, and experience love in every circumstance and interaction. The outstanding vibration of love that I am attracts to me a plethora of supply of outstanding possibilities for loving relationships and experience, experiences. Is that your affirmation? It is now. So you affirm this every day, you strengthen your belief in this truth every day, you maintain that expectation every day, and you'll be swiping right every day.
for those that know what swiping right means. If you don't know what it means, look it up. Google it. I had to. So I got a little parable for you. It's about the Gallaghers. A couple named the Gallaghers. And Gallaghers, they spell their name with an H. G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R. They're a couple from Minneapolis, and they decide to escape the winter and go to Florida. And they decided they would stay in the same hotel where they had spent their honeymoon 20 years earlier. Now, both the husband and wife had a very hectic work schedule, and it was difficult to coordinate their travel schedules. So the husband left Minnesota and flew to Florida on Thursday while his wife planned to fly down on Friday. So Mr. Gallagher checked into the hotel and decided to send an email to his wife. And in typing, he accidentally left out one letter in her email address. And without realizing he, his error, he sent the email. Meanwhile, in Houston, the widow Gallagher, same spelling but no H, had just returned from her husband's funeral. And the widow decided to check her email expecting messages from relatives and friends. And after reading the first message, she fainted. And the widow's son rushed into the room, found his mother on the floor, and saw on the computer screen the email that read, to my loving wife, subject I've arrived. I'm and the email says, I'm, I'm sure you're surprised to hear from me. It's amazing. They have computers now, and you can send emails to loved ones. I've just arrived and checked in. Everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you then. Always your loving husband. Yes, it sure is hot down here. <clears throat> so the widow Gallagher obviously believes love knows no bounds. And that's where we want to be. Where that belief in love knowing no bounds, it can actually impact our experience, impact our experience, and how we react to our experience. Raymond Charles Barker said it is evident each person is not self-created nor self-maintained. Behind us stands a mighty mind in which all plans and purposes are known. The mind sends us forth to be its representative and to act with authority in our environment personal relationships, and general affairs. To each of us is given a mentality, a field of emotions, and intuitive need for evolution. To each of us is also given the freedom to choose our pathway and regulate our own thinking. To choose our own pathway and regulate our own thinking. And love is always kind of, it's one of those subjects that everyone likes to hear. But then when we start peeling the subject back, and we talk, start talking about, well, are you pursuing love or are you being loved? Sometimes that can be difficult to hear. Right? Because we all have this preconditioned idea, our thought, our belief of what love is supposed to look like in our lives. It may look like 
another person to share our lives with. And that's a great thing. But that is not the true definition or demonstration of what love is. Love is the awareness. Just the awareness. Coupled with the willingness that you always are and are always being the energy of divine love. And how you define how that outpictures within your experience is your decision. It's your decision. And this is where I like to ask people, well, what is your idea of a relationship demonstrating love? And when folks start to define that demonstrate their vision of the demonstration of love, what it looks like, and it resembles Juden Ward Cleaver, I start to be concerned. Because that is a race consciousness idea that was falsely ingrained within humanity. So now we want to take a step back. Well, what does it mean? Well, it means looking at each individual in our experience, every interaction, and know, wow, in this moment, being the activity of divine love, whatever is before me, I know will expand and evolve and manifest as a dynamic possibility of divine good I might not even have considered before. I might not even have considered before. Because when you move into that arena and you allow yourself just to be willing to be open to the possibilities that this unconditional love that is the formative energy of the divine living as you may actualize within your journey, then all bets are off. All bets are off from whatever you thought you could create prior to that moment. Because in that moment, you become open and receptive to all of these boundless possibilities. These boundless possibilities. And those possibilities may express as someone to share your life with. It may express as having a date every Friday night and somebody to go to brunch with after service. Just saying. But you have to begin defining how am I viewing my interaction with love? Do I view it as something that I don't have or do I view it as something to evolve? To expand. And when you move into that awareness of evolving and expanding love, then guess what happens? You move into that knowing, that feeling of being love. And everything begins to flow just a little bit more effortless. You can drive down the street and somebody can cuss you off, and rather than saying a two-word phrase, you say, wow, a three-word phrase. Wow, I love them. I don't know what two-rate phrase I'll, I'll use, but I'm just, just saying. Every relationship you have is just the opportunity to be the activity of the divine, to become that conduit through which love flows freely from God to God. And when you do that, you are serving your soul's necessity and desire to overcome all this earth-level stuff of what a relationship is supposed to be, how love is supposed to look in your life, all that great stuff. 
And you begin letting all that, that pull of the race consciousness belief go. Race consciousness belief that breeds fear or believes in being in limitation, duality, and separation. See, when you honor and cherish your soul's need to be the activity of love and take, don't take anything in your experience for granted, you begin moving into this resonance of force, this resonance of love that attracts dynamic possibility after dynamic possibility after dynamic possibility into your journey. Maya Angelou said, I know for sure that love, that love saves me and that, it's, that it is here to save us all. I know for sure that love saves me and that it is here to save us all. And what the, you know, to pardon the old phrase, but what the world needs now is a good demonstration of love. It needs a really good demonstration of love. Not just the love we share in our intimate relationships, but the love that we seek out and express outward to all of humanity. The love that we express to simply the individual that we pass on the street. Dan just brought to my attention an article last week, and it was about the new Gerber baby. Right? So many people saw that, and the new Gerber baby is a Down syndrome baby. Right? And it's wonderful, and everybody felt that love. But isn't it interesting that we're in 2018, and we're just now seeing that? We need more expressions of that expression of love that accepts all for no other reason than they are the activity of love being individualized in this moment for our opportunity to give love. To give love. And make no mistake about it. As you work on affirming loving your life, as you work on well, do I have some old ideas that need to be let go? And your consciousness begins to expand and feel that aura, if you will, of what loving energy feels like and looks like. Just the, the freedom of that. Don't stay home with it. An attitude, an aura of love knows, does absolutely no good if it's contained within four walls. So go out and live it. Go out and express it. You know what? If you go to the bank teller and say to that bank teller, thank you for your service day. I just love how you handled this. They might look at you like you're nuts. Because people don't generally say that. But that's okay. Set the example to raise their vibration. Because in setting the example to raise somebody else's vibration, guess what you're doing? You're raising your own. So Ella Wheeler Wilcox said this. She said, always continue the climb. It is possible for you to do whatever you choose if you first get to know who you are and are willing to work with a power that is greater than ourselves to do it. Well, who you are is that individual is individualization of source. What you are is the activity of that energy, the love of God. And so I found a story that I really wanted to share in honor and recognition 
of Black History Month. And I've asked Adrian Harris to come forward and share this story with you because in spite of its harrowing, harrowing events at its core, it demonstrates the power of love. I'll adjust this for you. Thank you. Thank you. Harriet Jacobs was born into slavery in 1813. <coughs> Compared to the way most other slaves were treated, Harriet's life was not nearly as harsh. Her owner, Margaret Harneblow, taught her how to read and sew, and in many ways regarded her as a member of the family. When Harriet was a teenager, Margaret passed away, and in her will, Margaret left Harriet to her niece, Mary Matilda. But Mary Matilda was only five years old at the time, so Harriet became the property of the little girl's father, Dr. James Norcom. Norcom was obsessed with Harriet, and she suddenly found herself the target of a sexual predator and his jealous wife. Harriet took shelter in a consensual relationship with Samuel Sawyer, a free white attorney, and had two children with him. But because Harriet was a slave, her biracial children were born into slavery, and Norcom was their master. Norcom threatened to sell her children if Harriet refused his sexual advances. So in an attempt to anger him into selling her children to Samuel, their father, Harriet made Norcom believe she had escaped. In reality, she was hiding in the crawl space above the ceiling of her grandmother's shack where she could maintain a loving and watchful eye over her children. Harriet spent seven years, seven years, hiding in that small, cramped crawl space until finally her children were, in fact, sold to their father. Only then, in 1842, did Harriet really escape eventually meeting up with her son and daughter in New York. While living in New York, where she was still being pursued by Norcom as a runaway slave, Harriet started writing. First, she wrote letters and finally a book that touched on a subject that was sadly overlooked even by abolitionists, the sexual harassment and abuse suffered by female slaves. Harriet wrote her book, Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl, under the name Linda Brent. She changed her name and the names of the people involved in her story, but she accomplished her intent. Harriet became a strong voice and a catalyst for change in the abolitionist movement one of the first to address the unique struggles of female slaves to escape abuse, gain their freedom, and protect their roles as women and mothers. Thank you, Adrian. So I want to share something, thank you, that Raymond Charles Barker wrote from Create the Life That You Want. 
because it ties into that powerful story and the intent of our lesson this morning. Dr. Barker wrote, you are cause and the world is effect. You are action and the material experience in which you are reaction. You are a creative thinker and a law which acts upon your thought and brings to pass an experience like unto it. Jesus thought God and expressed God. He knew he was creator for his own experience, and therefore he projected what he wanted. He demonstrated health, money, peace, love, harmonious relationships with others, and gave the world truths which have permanently improved it. And then Dr. Barker wrote, you can do likewise. And the story of Harriet Jacobs demonstrates the power of love to accomplish all things, even the previously preconceived impossible. His story, for me, is an actualization of Dr. Barker's wisdom, as it allows us to show, allow us to show you what we mean as, by that as we intertwine Harriet's story with Barker's quote. Okay? If we were to take Barker's quote and apply Harriet's story, it would sound like this. Harriet, refusing to accept slavery, the ongoing sexual harassment of the slave owner, and the slavery of her children became the causation shifting the world of effect. The activity of mind creating a plan to escape for her children and herself into a better life was the activity of her consciousness aligned with the mighty mind and the subsequent material experience which followed was the reaction to that causation. Harriet became a creative thinker in a law which acted upon her thought and brought to pass an experience like unto it. Harriet focused on the love for her children. What is love? The essence of God. And she demonstrated a greater expression of that love. She consciously or subconsciously accepted that she was the creator for her own experience and therefore she projected what she wanted. She demonstrated courage, freedom, peace of mind, all through love and a willingness to completely release the falsely preconceived authority of the slave owner. And through her work, incidents, incidents in the life of a slave girl gave the world truths which permanently improved it. You can do likewise. Got it? You can do likewise. For an individual to avoid the repeated failure and multidimensional frustration of pursuing love as a product or vendable and accept themselves as the activity of this causative intelligent energy of source, an energy that is the unconditional love of the divine, there must be a willingness to step out of the life they were living and into the power of love they've come to life to be. Harriet did not escape the limitations of slavery, the crawl space, 
or a sexual predator because she focused on her lot in life. Which, by the way, focusing on our lot in life is another practice of acceptance. Harriet created a new idea for herself, for her children. And she took that idea and centered it and, and, and enveloped it in the creative energy of love that she was and that she had for her children. And she allowed herself to focus on the knowing. There's got to be a better way. By allowing herself to dream, to visualize, to know, and to act beyond her current reality. And the universe had no choice but to arrange itself and out-picture, out-picture as this one love-centered and love-infused idea. So, we hear often, with all that's going on in my life, you just don't know, Reverend Tony. My boss is a jerk. My family, they, they just, there's just something wrong with my family. Well, take a number. <laughs> People cut me off in traffic all the time. It's just so hard to maintain that vibration of love with all that's going on in my journey. I don't know if I can do it. So we have an exercise we want you to try. And I promise you, this will get you in the flow of being that energy of love. What I want you to do Pardon me, I'm going to cough. What I want you to do is I want you to go home. Today, after the offering, not now, but today. And I want you to find your clo smallest closet. I want you to find a box. The nook in your basement. And I want you to squeeze yourself in it for seven minutes and affirm the love that you are. And after that seven minutes, step out of that and do it again. You think it's difficult now? Try affirming the love that you are in that confined space for seven minutes much less seven years, and holding on to that truth. Because that's what the story of Harriet demonstrates for us, that it can be done. It can be done. And the outer circumstances, the confines of the crawl spaces that people create for themselves about what's going on out here, that's not relevant. What's relevant is how you choose to, regula how you choose to regulate your mind how you choose to regulate your mind. And if you can regulate your mind to always know, regardless of outer circumstances, that you are demonstrating, evolving, expanding, a more powerful demonstration of the love that you are, then all things will unfold. All things will unfold as infinite good, because that's what God is. So I'm going to close with this. You know, I've been in relationship as of Thursday. So we're, what is that, four days? Four days. Four days. 
I will have been in relation, a relationship for 28 years. 28 years. Officially, that's more than half of my life now. Okay? I was only 12. And I can tell you that for me, the example that my spouse sets for me is that awareness of always staying centered in love. Because I promise you, I, I provide, them, provide him the opportunity to express an abundance of understanding and compassion. He's someone that got out of the crawl space. That's why I've been here for 28 years. The point is, I kind of, when it comes to expressing love, being love, feeling love, I will own the statement that I kind of know what I'm talking about. Now, provided, true, there were, prior to relationship, there was an abundance of opportunity for me to be single. Some thought I was promiscuous. I was just being thorough. <laughs> but at the end of the day, <laughs> what it boiled down to was my practice of this teaching, was my practice of letting go of everything that I thought a relationship needed to be, letting go of everything that I was told having a relationship in this life would, you would have to go through in order to create. And I let all of that go and I focused on me. And I focused on me just being that best expression of divine love that I can be. And you know what happened? The universe outpictured that. It resonated this infinite amount of good into my experience that has now lasted for 28. I should have lasted. That's probably not. Grown and evolved. You know, our anniversary is coming up. That's grown and evolved for 28 years and will continue to do so. That's my experience. You can do likewise. And so ends our lesson. Namaste. Thank you again for selecting the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate.